0: Hello aspirants, in this episode we are going to discuss about the anti-defection law. Anti-defection law is quite an important topic and in 2020 prelims also the question is not featured. But since last two years we have seen multiple instances in multiple states like Karnataka, Madhya Pradesh, Arnachal Pradesh and Uttarakhand where political defection happened. That is not in limited way, it is massive way. Like in Karnataka, even the government turned and also in Manipur politics in 2020 as well. It is very important to understand what is anti-defection law, how it prevents the defection. You are hearing to the Aspen voice, let's get deep into the topic. Basically, for a very long time, the Indian political system was impacted by political defections by members of the legislature. This situation brought about greater instability and chaos in the political system in various states. Thus, in 1985, to curb the evil of political defections, the 52nd Constitution Amendment Act on Anti-Defection was passed and the 10th schedule was added in the Indian Constitution. However, the recent examples of defection in the Indian polity show that the law needs a relook in order to plug the loopholes and achieve a balance between the rights of legislators and interests of legislative stability. So what are the issues with the defection? Subversion of electoral mandates. That is basically it it is like uh, legislators who get elected on a ticket of one party but then find it convenient to shift to another due to the lure of the ministerial births or financial gains. Other issue is. It affects the normal functioning of the government. The infamous irm Gayaram slogan was coined against the background of continuous defection by the legislators in the 1960s. The defection leads to instability in the government and affects the administration. And also it promotes the horse trading which is an issue actually because defection also promotes this horse trading. Of legislators, which clearly go against the mandate of democratic setup. Then, in 91st Constitution Amendment Act, 2003, it aimed at limiting the size of the Council of Ministers to debar defectors from holding public offices and strengthen the anti-defection law. Earlier, a defection by one-third of the elected members of the political party was considered a merger. The amendment changed it at least two-thirds. There was a famous case, Kihota Holohan versus Jachilhu. In the judgment, the Supreme Court, yeah, sorry, these names are quite, uh, uh, we can say troublesome, but listen, Kihota Holohan versus Jachilhu in 1992. This was the case. In this case, the judgment, the Supreme Court clarified that the 10th schedule is constitutionally valid. It neither impinges upon the freedom of speech and expression nor subverts the democratic rights of elected members. It also upheld the sweeping discretion available to the Speaker in deciding cases of disqualifications of MLS. However, it also held that presiding officer's decision of disqualification shall be open to judicial review. Now, let's see what are the challenges of anti-defection law. It is again is the true spirit of representative of democracy. The anti-defection law seeks to provide a stable government by ensuring the legislators do not switch sides. However, this law enforces a restriction on legislators from voting in line and their conscience, judgment, and interest of his electorate. Other challenges it impedes legislative control on government. That is, the anti-defection law impedes the oversight function of the legislature over the government by ensuring that members vote on the decisions taken by the party leadership. In short, if legislators are not able to vote on laws in independently, they would not act as an effective check on the government. The anti-defection law, in effect, dilutes the separation of powers between the executive and the legislatures, and centralizes the power in the hands of the executives. The other challenge is the role of presiding officer of the House. Lays, the law lays down that legislators may, disqual, may be disqualified on grounds of defection by the presiding officer of a legislature based on a petition by any other member of the House. However, there there are many instances when presiding officers play a part with the vested interests of the political party or government in power. It's a regular practice happening. Also the law does not specify a time period for the presiding officer to decide on disqualification plea. The decision thus is sometimes based on the whims and fancies of the presiding officers. The other challenge is it affects the debate and discussion. The anti-defection law has created a democracy of parties and numbers in India rather than democracy of debate and discussion. In this way, it does not make a differentiation between dissent and defection and weaken the parliamentary deliberations on any laws. So what are the steps to be taken to upheld this anti-defection law? The rational use of the anti-defection law is necessary. Several experts have suggested that the law should be valid only for those votes that determine the stability of the government, example you can say the passage of the annual budget or no confidence motions etc advice of the election commission is that various commissions including national commission to review the working of the constitution have recommended that rather than the presiding officer the decision to disqualify a member should be by the president in case of member of parliament and in case of member of the State of assembly it should be in the hands of governor on the advice of election commission. And, Independent authority to deal with disqualification, Justice Verma, in Holohan Judgment, said that the tenure of the speaker is dependent on the continuous support of the majority in the House and therefore he does not satisfy the requirement of such independent adjudicatory authority. Also, his choice as the sole arbiter in the matter violates an essential attribute of the basic feature. Thus, the need for an independent authority to deal with the cases of defection should be there. Promoting the principle of intra-party democracy, the 170th Law Commission report underscored the importance of intra-party democracy by arguing that a political party cannot be a dictatorship internally and democratic in its functioning outside. It is like see, for suppose we can take an example of uh, Raghuram Krishnam Raju case recently happened. In this case, uh, Raghuram Krishnam Raju. So he is an MP from the party YSRCP but still he is against to some of the decisions taken by the government so he opposing the government but the party dictatorship is holding and opposing him and his views are unaccounted and also they are putting restrictions and recently he got arrested on a basis to understand the sedition i have uploaded an episode you can search in your platforms i mean the music platform whatever the whatever the music platform you are using there you can type sedition law space aspirant voice or sedition law space upsc you can uh, search it the parties should listen to the opinions of the members and have discussions on the same this would give the freedom of speech and expression to its members and promote inner party democracy Though due to anti-defection law, political instability caused by the frequent and unholy change of allegiance on the part of the legislatures of our country has been contained in a very great extent, yet there is a need for more rationalized version of anti-defection laws which will help establish a truly representative democracy. Ok, now here you have to understand what is a direct democracy and what is a representative democracy when while you are talking with about the direct democracy is a form of democracy where the all law and policies are created by a general vote of society A representative democracy is what the representatives I mean the people who elected the representatives in the direct voting which is a part of direct democracy they should take the voting in the house That is that could be Parliament or Assembly, and they represent to create laws and policy on behalf of the people, that is the public. While in direct democracy there are no intermediaries, the vote of the citizens directly determine all laws and policies of governments, that means the acceptance, whether it is accepted or not, in the form of incumbency or anti-incumbency. In representative democracy, people have representatives to create and amend laws and policies on their behalf. So the direct democracy is more direct and transparent whereas representative democracy is quite less transparent. Direct democracy is less efficient but representative democracy comparatively more efficient because the lawmakers will direct, I mean the voters who are the representatives will take part in direct voting for the law to be for to be made or break so also you can say uh, example of gradual things like uh, suppose there are some laws which are not people interest let's say for example the farmer protests these are against to the interest of the people i mean of the farmers the farm bills are made to give benefit to the farmers only. And it is made by the decisions taken by the representatives in the parliament. Of course, the formulas are, came into force through an ordinance. But still, it is accepted by the parties. But still, it is the people's interest that should be come in the, uh, while making these particular things yes doubling the farmers income is very helpful and also it helps them to develop but that should be in transparent manner transparent manner where which is uh, the demand of the farmers who are protesting in new delhi and some promises should be given and to understand exactly about the issue of farm bills Watch my YouTube videos where I uploaded about the inflation and also the uh, other video about the farm bills. The links I will provide you in the description. And also, please follow my channels and whatever the app you're using that could be Ghana, that could be Amazon Music, that could be any other music platform. Follow me so that you never miss any update. And I'm providing my Telegram channel too. Please follow there. Because sometimes I will ask some questions in a UPSC manner which might help you to understand how the questions could be twisting. On this note, I am ending this episode. Thank you.